Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Austin Butler, and I am the student pastor here at Cornerstone, and I'm so glad to be with you guys this morning. Um, this past week, just got back from high school camp, and we had a great time. I'm kind of like on this, like, I'm a little bit tired, but I've also got a lot of energy because we just got, came off of camp, and you'll see some pictures up here. We had just a blast. This was actually at Waffle House one night. Um, Got a good experience at Waffle House. It was really fun. But we had just a great time. This week we talked about identity. And Clayton King was the main speaker. And he told us about how this world will try and throw out all these different pronouns, these different um, labels that we're supposed to identify ourselves with. And what the Bible says is that we are Jesus. We are with Jesus. That our identity is found in Jesus. Once we choose to become believers, our identity is in him, and we can choose to live boldly for him. And so it was great to see our students respond to that. And actually, the first night, as he spoke, he gave an opportunity for our students to respond. And I just want to celebrate the fact that seven of our 12 students that went are now new believers in Christ. It, it was honestly such a great time, and um, I'm... Yeah, just blessed to be a student pastor. It's, it's so fun getting to love on students and care for them. Anybody else love summer? Can I get a hand? Yep. I love summer. It's, it's a very relaxing time of year. Um, it's a time where you get to take vacations. You get to kind of relax by the pool or at the beach. And I don't know about you guys, but this, this summer series that we've been in in Psalms has been very refreshing, almost like our season that we're in. And as we go through these psalms, every time I'm reading through this book, I'm reminded of a few things. One is that I love music. I love the poetry that's in these books, that's in these passages. And I love how the authors, they, they write so beautifully. In fact, most of the time when I'm reading through these, I get distracted because I'm trying to figure out, okay, which song does this relate to? I don't know if you guys do that ever, but all of our songs generally come from passages in Psalms. And so I, I just recognize that I love music when I read the Psalms. Another thing I'm reminded of is that a lot of these people who write the passages, a lot of the psalmists, they're broken people like me. And so I'm encouraged because most of the time when I read scripture and I'm reminded of these people who have been, who have these great stories of faith, sometimes I get a little discouraged. I'm like, man, I don't know if my journey of faith measures up to their faith. And then when I read these passages, I'm reminded, oh, okay, they went through the same things that I go through, whether it's emotions, whether it's feelings, whether it's worries or concerns, they have them. And it's okay to feel those things, but the way they respond gives me greater faith to know I can go to God because he is faithful. And lastly, I'm reminded of the Lord's character, that he is a perfect God who loves us deeply, who is faithful to the end, and will never leave us or forsake us. And so today, we get to talk about my favorite psalm, Psalm 27. So if you'd like to turn there, you can, you can turn there now. We'll get to that a little bit later. But um, Psalm 27 talks about how David deals with fear in his life. Fear is something we all struggle with. In fact, our amygdala is an area in the brain, in the back here, that helps us respond to um, dangerous or threatening stimuli. And this can be very helpful especially in our response to when there is danger or where something, somebody or something is threatening us. It helps us respond in a discerning manner and make decisions accordingly. But also, it 
can tend to hinder us from really trying to live out our lives without fear. And it can, help, it can kind of stop us from being brave or courageous, and we end up living a fearful life. Well, there's this story. Has anybody seen the National Geographic? Uh, it's a documentary called Free Solo. Anybody seen that? Yeah. So for those who haven't seen it, don't worry, I'll fill you guys in. And you guys might want to watch it. It's a little bit, it's like amazing and frightening all at once. Um, it's a story about this climber. And what free soloing is, free soloing means that you go up a rock face without a harness or without rope. You essentially just have you, some climbing shoes, some chalk, and you're climbing up a mountain. Well, there's this guy, his name's Alex Honnold. And there's a lot of people that do free soloing, but Alex Honnold decides he's going to take it up a notch. And just look at this rock face right here. This is El Capitan. It's in Yosemite, and it is 3,000 foot tall. It is a massive mountain. I've seen it in person, and every time you come into the park in Yosemite, that's like the first thing you see. It's huge. And he decides he's going to free solo this mountain. Just go straight up it. And so this documentary kind of goes through his process and how he prepares for it. He does like two-finger pull-ups on this little bar thing that he has. He's crazy, just fit. And what's really interesting, though, is that when they, they study his amygdala and the way his brain works, they put some images in front of him as they were doing like an MRI just to see how his brain would respond to these images. Well, for most people, the response you'll see in the amygdala like would happen quite a bit. Well, for Alex Honnold, not so much. He had very little brain activity happening in the amygdala responding to fearful stimuli. And what happened was he basically was able to conquer his fear. And I won't ruin it for you because you'll have to see if he makes it up the mountain or not. But it's an incredible movie. It makes my hands sweat every time. And I don't know how he's able to conquer his fears and climb a mountain without any rope or without any protection, without anything to help make sure he doesn't die. And when it comes to extreme examples of conquering fears, this is definitely one of them. And most of the time, this is not normal. In fact, I don't know if anybody out here is like this, but I can't relate to somebody who can conquer his fears and do that. For most of the people in the room, including myself, it's a lot easier to fear and to worry than it is to have confidence and faith. My upbringing, um, I, I grew up a pastor's kid, and I was very much a non-risk taker. I like to have things planned out. I like to kind of know what's happening in my life, and I like to know the outcome of things. In fact, I like to have control of things sometimes. I don't know if anybody else can relate, but I like to know what's going to happen. And so growing up, I didn't really take huge risks. I played sports. I did what I could. I, I gave my heart out, but like I wasn't going to be the one who climbed a rock face like that or who went too close to the edge on a waterfall. Like I wasn't going to be that guy. And often in my life, I find myself wishing that I could know the future or that I could control certain situations so that I knew the outcome. Just a couple weeks ago, my family, uh, actually my wife's family, we got to go to the beach in Outer Banks. And I was reminded of how um, the ocean is both beautiful and also very unknown. I don't know if you guys ever go into the ocean and you're like, okay, 
it's a little too dark for my taste. <laughs> Anybody else like that? Like the Florida Gulf, that's where it's at, where you can see the water, you can see what's around you. But when, when it's dark and when you can't really see what's around you, you often have this fear of the unknown. You're like, I don't know what's out there. And little, little did I know that watching um, the new Will Smith documentary, uh, it's about him going through, like, it's on National Geographic as well. It was called Descent into Darkness and was essentially him going deep into the waters, like, of the ocean to see, like, if he could find some life underneath. And there was so much life. And I was like, that probably wasn't the best movie to watch. It's like watching Jaws before you go to the beach. Just not a good idea. It creates a lot of fear of the unknown. But often in our lives, we also have this fear of the unknown. Whether it's, ah, I wonder what's going to happen in the future, or maybe there's a health thing that's happening and you're not sure what's going to come of that. We often fear what we don't know. And maybe you're here today and you realize that most of your life, in fact, most of your day-to-day life, day-to-day dealings, is spent worrying or fearing the worst. The crazy part of the Christian life is that once we're saved, things in our life don't all of a sudden become much easier. Something that requires even more confidence, faith, and courage is our journey of faith with Jesus. As believers, we have surrendered everything to follow him. And we claim to trust him, but yet we still seem to deal with fear. We don't necessarily get separated from the world when we choose to believe when it comes to tough things. Jesus said we will face troubles and trials in our lives. And so we deal with some of the same things. We struggle with general fears, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, or our ability to accomplish day-to-day tasks. And if we're able to, to get those things done, we often stress about those things. We worry about finances. Do we have enough to make it? Are we gonna make it through this inflation? And is it ever gonna stop? We deal with worry when it comes to friendships and relationships. We worry about what other people think of us or if we're a good enough friend for the people that we might be interacting with. We also deal with family worries, whether it's health concerns and we have a family member who's dealing with some issues or maybe it's relational strain and and we've just had this hurt in our background that we can't seem to get over and we fear maybe I won't be able to actually reconcile things. Maybe I won't be able to make it like family again. This produces a fearful life, a life that second-guesses things, a life full of worry and stress, and a life where, to be honest, we diminish the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When it comes to the Christian life, we need to know how to conquer our fears so that we can live a confident life. Here's what I want you to remember today. It'll be on the screen behind me. The confident life of a believer— begins when we have faith over fear. Let me read that again. The confident life of a believer begins when we have faith over fear. This series on Psalms has been very helpful to me because it's giving me a human perspective of what these people in the Bible went through and how they maintained a heavenly perspective of God through it all. So Psalm 27 is written by David. We don't know exactly the time period it was written. David goes through a lot of troubles in his life, and so this one doesn't have an exact date. But as he's talking about fear, there are a couple things that we can know, and we've kind of reviewed the past few weeks. We know that David had to run from Saul, basically for his life. He had to continue hiding and running from him. 
And so he faced a lot of fear. In fact, most, a lot of these psalms talk about his enemies chasing after him. Saul would be one of those enemies. And then at the end of his life, we also see kind of a similar thing with his son Absalom. Absalom claims the throne, basically takes it over, and David has to fear for his life. He has to run. He has to get out of town. And, and we just see that he's dealing with these tough things, these trials that for most of us, would make us give up. And yet he has faith. And so we're going to start reading in Psalm 27 to see how he dealt with his fear. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surround me, surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. I love that line. He has confidence in the Lord, and he has confidence that he will come through for him. Continuing on in verse 4, he says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. So we see that the Lord is his protector. He's been there for him, and he will be there for him again. Then in verse 7, he says, Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me. O God of my salvation, even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the path, the right path. For my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So before we get into why it is we should have faith in God, we got to deal with why it is we have fear. Why is it that we go through this life fearing things? So first, fear is a product of lack of trust. It could be that you have chosen to follow Jesus and you, got, you understood the fact that you have to surrender everything, but you're still holding tightly onto your life because you're kind of like me, you want to have control of the things that are going on. Well, for our seven students that got saved this week, they chose to surrender everything to the Lord. And what's going to be cool is to walk with them through this next season because what's difficult when we make that decision is the realization that surrendering everything is not necessarily what we want to do. We want to surrender just a portion of our lives and keep just the the important parts for ourselves. And what this results in or what this results from is our own pride. 
really what we're telling God is that we believe we have what it takes and we don't need to rely on his promises or his faithfulness in our lives. We don't need him essentially to come through. And so fear is a product of lack of trust. Fear and worry are rooted in sin. Because we all sin, all of us have fear or worry in our lives. Now generally, most of us would point to others' sin as a result of our fear, right? If there's crime or if there's something done wrong to us, that makes us fearful. Or if there's something going on in our world that somebody made a bad decision or there's, there's potential for war, whatever it is, we point to that sin as the reason we have fear. But really, fear is a heart issue. We cho- when we choose to live apart from God, we leave an opening for the enemy to instill worry into our lives. And often, fear and worry are the greatest ways that the enemy can attack us because they push away our faith in God. And often, the best way that he does that, the enemy, is he likes to make us think that we can do it all on our own. And I think that's part of our culture. Like, we have this idea that we need to achieve. We need to be successful. We need to do it all on our own and get to where we need to be. And we don't need anybody else. But really, that's not how we're called to live. And that's why Jesus, time and time again, he knows that we're going to deal with fear. And so in Scripture, you'll find verses that say this. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. It's that attitude of surrender. We need to give it over to the Lord because he can take care of it. And in Matthew 6, Jesus says this, He says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I love that verse. It's very simply put, like, today's trouble is enough for today. I'm sure there are times where you're worried about the future. I know even today, yesterday, I was a little bit worried about this morning, how things would go, just coming off camp and all. And um, actually on Friday night, we had our, I got back drove my car around, was fine, and then tried to start it again later to go back out, and it wasn't starting. And I was like, ah, come on. We just got back from camp. Everything should be working well. And what I realized is that I have this fear of the future, and yet there are still troubles for today. And what I need to know is that the Lord is in control of it all. And he was, thankfully, because it was just a battery. It was not the alternator or the starter, so we're good there. But There are enough troubles that we go through in our day-to-day lives. And when we fear the worst of the future or we even fear the worst of our day-to-day, we end up living a life that is full of stress, worry, concern. We feel overwhelmed. And what we need to know is that Jesus tells us that we need to just trust in him. Give it over to him and trust him. What we realize is that fear is rooted in sin Faith is rooted in Christ. So why should we have faith and trust in God? Well, David answers it in this passage. He starts off the passage by saying, The Lord is my light and my salvation. We live in a very dark world, and we are surrounded by evil, and often we need guidance to live our lives and to take a step of faith because it's really hard sometimes to take steps of faith. I had a guy, um, his name's Rick Muchow, 
and he used to be the worship pastor for Saddleback Church in California, and I uh, got the blessing of having dinner with him and my parents when I was in college, and I was going through a lot of different things just in my faith walk, wondering if I'd be able to go back to school, um, wondering if I'd have the finances for it, and there were some other things that I was just, I was worried. I was stressed. I, I was concerned. I was like, I might have to take a different kind of veer in, in my life's plan. Like, I might have to go a different way and maybe work at home for a while. Um, I don't know. I just had a lot of worry about what the future might hold. And I loved the way he described faith to me. It gave me a great perspective. He said, faith is like the headlights on your car. When you're going down a dark road at night, there's no lights on the road, which I, I did not realize that there are so many of those roads down here because there's just no street lights. Um, I don't know why that is, but it's crazy. But you have the headlights, and you can just see as far as the headlights will allow you to. And when we go through our lives, oftentimes we can only see a little bit out ahead of us. And we don't know if there's maybe a, a, a steep cliff on the road, or maybe the, the road is a little bit messed up in front of us. And we have to trust that the Lord will provide exactly what we need in front of us to keep us moving forward. And when he described this to me, I was thinking about my own car, and I was like, I have an 03 Camry. Um, and let's just say the, the headlights on that thing only get me about 15 to 20 feet ahead of me. <laughs> Whereas some of your nicer cars have the LED headlights where you can see, you know, 50 feet out there. And so I was like, man, that's kind of like me. I need a lot of faith in my life because I only can see a little bit ahead of me. And what we realize is that in our lives, all we need to know is that God is with us and he is for us and we can trust in him. Next, we see that we can have faith and trust in God because the Lord is our fortress. David says, the Lord is my fortress and he protects us. If we truly understand what it means to have the Lord be our fortress, I believe our faith would grow exponentially. You see, with fear, as we discussed earlier, often we've placed all this pressure on ourselves and basically told God, I've got this. And what that does is it places all this weight on our shoulders to where we just continue to drag around our worries and our concerns and will I be able to make this work? And isn't that crazy? Like, I don't understand how sometimes we read in God's scripture that the Lord is going to take care of all things, and yet our brains still seem to think we can do it on our own. And I just think when we read scripture, we need to remind ourselves that it's not on us. We do not have to take care of the, the worries and the concerns in this life. We have a heavenly father who is there for us and will help us. And what we're reminded of as well when the Lord is our fortress is that he is sovereign and that he will uphold us. And there are certain passages of scripture that I turn to that remind me of God's power and might. Because often when I worry, I just need to remind myself to remind myself that the Lord is with me and I need his peace in my life to remind me that even when I don't have things together, God does. So one of those passages is Isaiah 45 or 6 through 9. It says, I am the Lord and there is no other. I create light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the, let the earth 
open wide so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? Now, this passage is both comforting as well as challenging. Uh, The first part, you realize that God is our creator and he's in control of it all. He's in control of our day-to-day, the weather. He's in control of what's happening in our world. And at the end of, the, at the end of that passage, I, I find that I can often be like the pot who's saying, stop, you're doing it wrong. Or how clumsy can you be? And when we read that, we're like, why is the pot even thinking that? But yet we do that in our own, our own lives. And what we need to remind ourselves of is that God is our fortress. And when we feel overwhelmed fearful and vulnerable because we will we need to know that God is there the cool part about David's perspective is that he continues on in this passage to point out how God is always there to protect him he he does it multiple times and he says even when evil people stand in my way I know that God will be there for me and he will help me he points to God in his life because he is the one who will help him overcome difficult times and he will allow him to overcome his fears and keep pressing on. Lastly, what we see from David and why we can have faith in our lives, faith in God, is that he says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. And what I'm reminded of here is that even though we will go through bad times in our lives, we will go through trials, we will go through struggles, we can count on the promises of the Lord because they are true. And we see this so clearly represented in Scripture. I don't know if you guys have read all the way through the Bible, but it's so beautiful to see the story progress from Old to New Testament. We see in the beginning that man chose to disobey God, to go his own way. And that created a separation from God. And even when that happened, God had a plan in it all. And we see so many promises in the Old Testament of how God promises to make things right again. He promises to send his son. And in the New Testament, we get to see the fulfillment of that. We get to see how God restores relationship with his creation. And it's so beautiful because what we realize is that now that God has restored relationship with him, now that we can choose to believe in him, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have God directly with us. And A couple weeks ago, Pastor Matt, he talked about John 14 and the promises of Jesus that are found in in that passage. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, later on in that passage, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit because he would later create a way for us to be in direct relationship with him. He has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can be in communication with him, so that when fears come, we can turn to him. And what I love about this passage in Psalm 27 is that you see David mention numerous times his relationship and his connection to his heavenly father because he knew how important it was to walk in step with him. He knew that his relationship with God was exactly what he needed to make it through the difficult times in life and to live confidently. In verse 7 and 8, he says, Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. 
My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. What we see here from David is this, this humanness, this vulnerability to say, Lord, I don't have what it takes to make it through this life. Enemies are coming against me. I fear the worst at times, but I have relationship with you. And so I can come to you. I can pray and, and ask for your help and he will be there. We see that God is relational and trustworthy. And to be honest, as believers, we have all witnessed how God has proven his faithfulness in our lives. And we can all remind ourselves of the promises of God, that they are true. And by witnessing the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, we can grow in our faith. Here's a phrase, and we, we went through this at the beginning, but I just want to remind you of it. I think it sums up what David is getting at here. The confident life of a believer begins when we have faith over fear. You see, it's difficult to live a confident life as a believer, especially in this world. We just recently went through a series called The Intentional Life where we took a look at Acts and the life of Paul. And often we struggle to live that intentional life when fear gets in the way. We struggle with our faith. I tend to have a fear of others' expectations. And it's totally unnecessary and illogical. It doesn't make sense. But often I have this fear of what other people might think of me, how I might be perceived, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's work, whatever it is, I place this fear and this concern on myself about what people might think. And what I, what I end up doing is I let the perception of me hold significance in my life, and this tends to result in a lack of confidence as a follower of Jesus. And recently, I've just been going to God and praying, God, may you give me greater confidence. May you give me greater confidence to do the things that you've called me to do, because there are going to be steps of faith in your life that just seem too difficult to attain. And, and what you have to realize is that when they seem too difficult to attain, you're relying on your own strength to get those things done. You're not truly surrendering that to the Lord and trusting that he will be faithful. And so what I've been having to deal with is I've, one, asked for forgiveness for my lack of trust, for my lack of faith, and I've asked that he would give me greater confidence. This passage, as I was studying it the past month or so, it just gave me greater confidence because I was encouraged by the attitude of David. His confidence was found in the Lord. It wasn't found in himself. In fact, he says in the passage, he's like, don't abandon me. I don't want to be alone. I know I can't do this on my own. There are things in my life that have caused me fear and worry, and I need you, Lord. It didn't matter what others thought of him. His purpose was to serve the Lord and to do so confidently. So what should we do? What is our action step? Well, first, we need to ask for help. Now, I put this first because when we are fearful, often our pride and our stubbornness has kicked in. We've said, we can do this on our own, but really what we need to say is, I'm going to surrender everything to you, Lord. First Peter 5 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So the first step is we just need to have this attitude of surrender. We need to ask for help. 
we need to humble ourselves and realize that God can take care of it. So first, ask for, ask for help. Next, we need to remember to remember. Sounds repetitive, right? Remember to remember. What, is, what does he mean by that? Well, to have faith in this life, we need to remember the one who is faithful. In this short little prayer from David, he does this multiple times. You'll see it. He knows that God has been there for him, and he knows that God will be there for him again when he faces danger. But he purposely reminds himself of God's faithfulness to give him greater faith and confidence. Let's be honest. We are often forgetful people. And I don't know if you guys read through Scripture and you're like, okay, the Old Testament Israelites, man, what are they doing? And then the the New Testament disciples, like, what are they doing when it comes to their worry and stress? The Israelites have seen God part the waters, deliver them from the Egyptians, provide food, and yet they still find themselves in the same predicament, asking or not just not having any trust that the Lord will provide for their needs. And the disciples are like, okay, we've seen the Lord feed the 5,000. That was incredible. But now there's 4,000 people, and I just don't know how we're going to feed them. Like, I don't know if you read through that passage, and you're like, how do you not get it? But we're just like them. Often we come to the same difficult things in our lives, and when we get up to that difficult thing or that that thing that's going to cause us fear and worry, we're like, how am I going to do this? Yet we've seen how God has proven faithful in the past, and we're still wondering how he's going to come through again. So what we need to remind ourselves of is that God is faithful, and we've seen it in our lives. And so this remember-to-remember idea is that we need to remember to remember God's faithfulness. There's a song by Stephen Chris Chapman that I, I like. It is literally called Remember to Remember. I was like, okay, a little repetitive, a little corny of a title. But it talks about how we often forget the Lord's faithfulness. And so we just need to remind ourselves to remember the Lord's faithfulness and how he has proven himself time and time again in our lives. Lastly, we need to worship in the waiting. This is an important action step that David models for us in this passage. Verse 4 and verse 14 are my favorites in this passage because what you see is that even though David is going through all of these difficult things, he still worships and praises God. Verse 4 says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Then in verse 14, he says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. You see, what David recognizes is that when we are consumed with what's happening in the world and the bad things in our lives, we often get overwhelmed and fear takes over. But when we focus our attention on our Savior, our protector, and our Lord, faith takes over. You see, when faith takes over, fear has to run and hide because we serve a God who is sovereign in every circumstance, who will work all things out for our good, and who is strong enough to save. So when fear attempts to overwhelm and distract you, worship. This could look differently for every person. Often I find it's good to just listen to music that talks about the Lord's character, that reminds me of his promises, 
that reminds me of how he has proven faithful. For some, it may be stopping throughout the day just to be thankful. Often when we do that, it changes our perspective from the bad things that are happening to realize that the Lord is worthy of our praise and we can thank him. So maybe just offering up prayers to God and worship him for what he is doing in your life on a daily basis. And it could be as simple as this, reading scripture about God's character and thanking him for who he is. This week in the discipleship guide I put together, there are a list of verses and they are promises from God. And I love being able to just have a small list of verses I can come back to that remind me of how God has proven himself faithful and he promises to never leave me or forsake me. He promises to be my fortress, my light, and my salvation. And so if you are somebody today who, and let's be honest, it's all of us, but is dealing with fear and just needs a practical way to look at scripture, they're in the back for you and you can pick those up. Um, and, And I just encourage you, read over those passages, read over one or two a day. And just as you're you're going throughout your day, remind yourself of the Lord's faithfulness and thank him. It's amazing when when we choose to worship, our mindset changes and we have greater faith. Confidence comes when we do these things. It starts with our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way to overcome fear in this life. He is our light and our salvation. He's our fortress and he is a faithful God who fulfills his promises. Imagine if we were able to overcome our fears and walk confidently with God. I believe people would notice something very different about us. Because what people live through these days is a lot of fear and worry. What COVID produced and what what is happening in our nation with the different things, with a lot of dissension, a lot of divide between our people, it causes fear and worry. And you see, these people who do not know Christ don't have anybody to fall back on. They don't have anybody they can trust in to deliver them. But we do as believers. And we can be a greater witness because we will be walking confidently as bad things might happen in our world. I believe more of us would step out and witness to those around us. Because if we have greater faith and confidence in God, we want to tell others about it. We want to show them, we want to tell them of the good things that the Lord has done. And I believe often we live in fear when we're not choosing to be that witness. We wonder what they're thinking of us or what they're going to say or how they might respond. But really, there are so many people out there that are desperate to know Jesus. And with greater confidence, we can be a greater witness to them. And I believe, lastly, that we would be more confident in trusting God's will for our lives and that we'd take larger steps of faith. Because you see, the confident life of a believer begins when we have faith over fear. Dear God, I thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you that you are a faithful God, that Lord, you fulfill your promises. Lord, scripture is so beautiful because we can see how you have a perfect plan throughout all of scripture. Lord, you have redeemed and restored our relationship with you. And we can trust that you will help us through the difficult times in life. 
Jesus, you said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for you have overcome the world. And Lord, today we place our trust in you. We know that you are God who will take care of us. You are our light and our salvation and our fortress. And Lord, may we live lives with confidence, choosing to have faith over fear. Lord, we love you so much. And as we go into a time of worship, may we just praise you for who you are and for how faithful you've been in our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.